Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of EdTech Today. My name is Kevin Hogan. I'm glad you found us. Uh, very excited. My first podcast episode being recorded right here in the Market Scale Studios in Dallas, Texas. Uh, just came off my first airplane in, in, in 14 months. So uh, very excited, also very excited to have Dustin Node. I'm from Franklin Covey Education. Uh, Dustin and I, we've, we've spoken before, I guess it was probably about six or seven months ago. Uh, Want to get an update on, on how things are going. How, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm doing great. I, I, like you, I had, after I got my vaccines, uh, vaccinations, I hopped on my first plane for work and it was just a surreal experience. It's something I used to do every week. Uh, it just feels different. You feel a little bit almost dangerous going out. Um, but after the trip, it, it was it felt a little bit more like life's back to normal. I mean, I almost felt like I regained an arm or something, right? I mean, it's just like just getting back to a, a little bit of a of a reality. So while we still unfortunately need to talk about things in context of the pandemic, hopefully versus our last conversation, we can look forward uh, and out into uh, to what's happening next. So I guess my, my first question for you is like, how are things at Franklin Covey Education? How have you continued to support uh, educators during this this um, this madness. Um, g- give us a state of play right now. No, I think that's that's obviously what everybody's living in, and our organization focuses on unleashing human potential, right? And so we work from kids, you know, all the way as young as preschoolers, all the way up through college kids, and uh, we we focus on kids, but we also focus on the adults, and so. A lot of districts right now, as they're coming back, thinking about the performance that they need to have from their organizations, they're really looking for partners that can help them manage um, their change and help them get results in the midst of all this change that's happening. And so um, it has felt, I would say, the last three or four months all across North America, and that's both in the U.S. and Canada, that districts are really looking to us to help uh, take them to the next level um, and to help provide some stability and vision um, as we're moving forward. And so that's been really good. And as you know, why I called you six, seven months ago was diving into my new podcast with Frank Covey Education, which is called Change Starts Here. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. What, what, uh, and since that time, what has been the, 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 the tone of the conversation? Get, get us into the weeds a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So our, our goal with the Change Starts Here podcast is First and foremost, it's focused on educators and educators who aspire, aspire to be leaders, but we also want to make it accessible to parents, to anyone that's not in education to, to come in and learn what it takes to be a leader. Um, we believe that changes from the inside out, right? So the only person that you can change is yourself. And through that change, you can have influence on more and more people. And so when we, we started this podcast, we wanted to start going down a um, a course to uh, to kind of be a, a thought leader on what's possible in change, but also to address the fact that change is really messy. So uh, when it comes to the type of people we've had on, we've had Julie Morgenstern, who is a time management, I always call her a time management guru, which I'm sure she hates every time I say it because it's way more esteemed than that. But she wrote a book on a time to parent that has changed my life and so many other lives on uh, how we're relating to our kids and spending time with our kids. We've also had uh, one of my favorite guests was a guy named uh, Brad Montague, who uh, started something called Kid President. And uh, he recently wrote a book 
that was talking about how to become better grownups and you become better grownups by listening to kids. And so uh, I have found it to be an incredibly aspiring journey. Um, and so I would say on one end, we want to make sure we have episodes like I just shared with you that are heart filled. And then on the other end, we have neuro neuroscience researchers. We have uh, actual academic researchers who are talking about the heady stuff of academic leadership. And so it, it, we're trying to strive for a balance every, every week for yeah. head issues and heart issues. Yeah, one of the interesting things um, that I found uh, through my conversations with both uh, leaders, executives, CEOs in the ed tech industry, as well as the directors of technology and superintendents of, of schools is a, re, a, a new appreciation for, I don't know what we should say, the softer skills, um, or a new appreciation for um, just people, right? I mean, you, you have the phrase social emotional learning, which was always out there before the pandemic, and it was kind of fuzzy, it was kind of esoteric, it, it didn't necessarily mean well, much to me, maybe. Um, now during this group trauma that we've all experienced, uh, everyone seems to be more focused on that uh, aspect of everyday life. And it's not even just this, the students, it's the teachers, it's the administrators, it's the parents, uh, it's us. Uh, everyone is really needed to focus and you know, conversations start with like, how are you feeling? Right, which is not usually the way most conversations would start with a CEO or or a superintendent. Right? Can you talk a little bit about that and how that affects leadership from the Franklin and Covey education perspective? Yeah, I think that's a really astute uh, observation you're making. Is that you know I've been with Franklin Covey Education for ten years, and it, it probably felt for much of the ten years that uh, there are some educational leaders that really get what we're trying to do and how we're trying to partner with their schools to work on those quote unquote soft skills. I call them, you know, real life skills. Um, but there's still a number that said, just, there's still a number of other leaders who thought, well, we just have to focus on academics and we, we're not going to spend time on the, that type of skill building. And now it feels like everybody recognizes that we've got to uh, help students and adults feel known to be enabled with the skills to deal with their own trauma as well as to be able uh, to have the possibility to serve other folks. And so if you've ever been exposed to anything with Franklin Covey, uh, the, the one thing that we're most known for is the seven habits of highly effective people. And what I will say what's unique about that is um, when we think about how we try to work with people, right? We think about a tree. And so the roots of the tree are all about leading self. So you've got to be able to lead yourself before you can lead others. Then the, the trunk of the tree all the way up to the branches are all about how to work well with others and lead others. And then we always have this, this sunshine analogy, which is sharpen your saw. So it's how to continue to rejuvenate yourself so you can constantly get back in the game to be able to lead yourself and lead others effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit how um, the company's strategies have pivoted as a result of the pandemic, if they have at all. I mean, was it a sort of setup where um, you were almost prepared for something like this? Or have there been changes in the way in which you approach education? Yeah, I can't imagine anybody is actually prepared for this. Yeah. I would say- Dr. Fauci, uh, maybe. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> what, I, what I would say is um, we it sped up some of the, the innovations that we felt like we needed to make for the market. So uh, again, the modalities right now, if you're a school leader, you've got 
you know, you've got to have in-person learning tools. You've got to have virtual tools, right? And then some sort of blended tools. And so we were kind of already going down that path. But when we saw that uh, a lot of the schools were closing down or all the schools were closing down and going to virtual, we had to pivot to make sure that we had the, the resources uh, and the modalities specifically to be able to serve our clients. And so I would say that's, that's how it's changed. On the flip side is just kind of coming back into your previous question about, um, you know, CEOs and superintendents recognizing we have to pause and say, how are you feeling? I have felt that there are more and more clients that are recognizing that uh, our focus on human potential and building, bringing teams together and building systems for execution through people, not, you know, in spite of people, uh, it, it's been it's been pretty inspiring. So I would say that the pandemic, I believe, is starting to get more and more folks to to take a peek over the fence at us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, most importantly, let's look a little bit towards the future, towards the horizon, when we're hopefully through through the shoot uh, on this on this madness. Um, are there things? Are there innovations? Are there ideas um, that you hope will stick around even? if we go back to whatever uh, normal means? Um, are, are there things, lessons learned um, throughout this, this, this whole exercise that, that you think will actually um, improve the way that we teach and learn? Yeah, I think one, so I was hosting a panel of high school students the other day and uh, they were representative all across the country. Uh, some students in blend, you know, in, uh, sorry, in uh, hybrid learning models where they were some at school, some at home, some fully back in school and some in virtual. And so one of the students kind of rocked my world about his view on virtual. Like I, I just assumed as a high schooler, again, every, we're all a product of our own paradigms. I just assumed that all kids would want to be back in school just to be in the environment to, to kind of go through the high school experience, even if it's a rough one. Yeah. Um, and he was very clear about the two things that he, so he just said, I would like to stay virtual. I would like to be able to come and get involved in the sports or the after school programs or whatever he was interested in. But I like to be able to learn at my own pace so I could go faster as slow as I needed. And I was out of the drama that causes so many, uh, so much stress and frustration. And so for me, you know, it kind of emboldened me to think, how are we as an organization helping schools attack that drama? I know it's always going to be there. It's, all, it's adults and systems, but how do we get even more intentional about creating in-person learning environments where kids aren't nervous about coming, aren't terrified of coming to because they're worried about the drama or getting picked on. And so that was that was probably one of those realizations that, you know, most people probably should have had. Um, yeah. I hadn't until uh, the students shared that with me. No, it's true. It's um, I, so many new appreciations again. And that goes back to the social emotional learning aspect of it. Right. Uh, I've, I've spoken with a number of executives from companies and uh, administrators who always kind of saw that um, mental health um, aspect as almost a luxury, like learning first, and then we'll take care of the uh, that kind of stuff. The understanding is now you can't do the learning unless you have the caring and understanding and the mental health up front, right? 
Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, I mean, I think, you know, if we think about this, the, the world of education, when uh, I was a teacher through my early time at Franklin Covey, um, so like early 2000s to, you know, 2010 and a little bit beyond, uh, the academics, the pressure for academic performance was so high that even if administrators or superintendents in their heart believed that we had to focus on social emotional learning or mental health and wellness of students and staff, it didn't feel like there was much of ability to pause and do that, right? Because you had to get the results. And so it took really courageous leadership to say, no, pause, we're going to focus on social emotional learning, which we believe and know the research that's out there that's going to, it's going to take us to where we want to go. Now I feel like to your point, Kevin, I think it's accepted. It's it's understood that it's it's a both and. It's not either or. Yeah. You know, finally, let's talk a little bit about Franklin Covey Education and what's next for for the company um, once you can get back up onto airplanes and we can go back to whatever our normal is go going to be. Um, where do you see the next steps going for you? Yeah, for our for our organization, we just want to continue to get better at serving districts. We started. Uh, much of our growth came from serving school to school across the country. We've been an organization that has served adults for 30 plus years. And then our first uh, entry into the uh, student market was really at the teens level. The leader in me process, which is our kind of school transformation process that we've worked with for a number of years, was started by an amazing woman named Muriel Summers and her staff in North Carolina. Um, that was an elementary school. And so our leader in me process has started at elementary. It's now at middle school and high school. And so our future is about converging all the skill sets that we have that work with, you know, all the Fortune 500 companies, or at least most of them. And the individual schools and bring that into districts to be able to serve the people problems that any district has. Well, that sounds uh, like exciting stuff. Um, I can feel an acceleration uh, in the air here as uh, more and more people get vaccinated. I know that most of the educators I speak to are expecting the fall to be as normal as one could hope. And um, I think I thank you for your time and your insights. I, I feel a little bit better, almost like a therapy session. I think we're <laughs> <laughs> no, Kev. You you inspired me. I, I went to college in Dallas, so uh, that is the one place that I'm dying to get back to to see a bunch of my friends. And so yeah. I hope you have a good time while you're there, and I'll just live vicariously through you until I can figure out a way to get down there myself. Absolutely. Well, Dustin, thanks again. Appreciate your time. Yeah, Kev. Appreciate you very much. This is an honor. And thanks everybody for watching EdTech today. I'm Kevin Hogan.